Welcome back to Commerce and Chill. Hey, I'm Jessica Johnson-Cope. I'm Waleed. And this is our podcast where we discuss the intersection of all things business, small business, entrepreneurship, love and life. What's up, homie? Nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, we've been busy. We've been real busy, you know, ready to take on the second half of the year. Are you ready for the second half of the year? Because I know what I thought the first half of the year was going to be is not quite what I expected. Times Square, New York City music. It's phenomenal. The connection to all these people I'm feeling right now in the new year. All the good times past, good times to come, man. This is, this is phenomenal. You know, it's, it's something like... people What'd you expect? I was thinking big things, big things, big things in 2020. I wasn't thinking pandemic. I wasn't thinking the pandemic. Well, I don't think anybody was thinking pandemic. Actually, well, a couple of people did. They might have been. I don't know. I'm not touching that. Like, life is um, interesting. But, you know, some people are doing well. Some people are doing bad. Yeah, and you know one area that seems to be where people seem to be doing well is like right now, aside from catching a couple of L's from the cops um, and our businesses kind of shutting down, it seems like black people are the flavor of the month. Black face. Black face. Black face. Black face. Black face. Yo, have you seen Carver Banks stock? It's like a buck and change. It shot up to $20. How many stock shares did you buy? I will not disclose what I bought prior and what I sold afterwards, but I told y'all the stock market was on sale. Some people listened, some people didn't. For people who don't it's know, it's like $7 now. What is significant about Carver? It's a black owned bank, but like. You said black is favorite a month. So if, if you're paying attention now, people are supporting it more and more. So it's an opportunity for you to support. It's also an opportunity for you to invest. And if you're buying stock, that's a way of supporting. Because the, you buy their stocks, they get the money and they can use it to invest. They have access to cap, more capital now. So hopefully with this run, Carver does something great. Maybe they can open some branches, improve maybe some of the technology to compete with some of the um, the bigger brands so they can attract more people, keep the people they got during this whole, you know, BLM movement. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's a lot going on. Urban One stock is up. Who's Urban One? I, I Don't ask me to give the whole story. Like, but she. Kathy Hughes yeah, and her son, Alfred Liggins. Sorry. It started as Radio 1. She had one radio station based in Washington, D.C. Cliff Notes. She and her son actually <laughs> lived you. in the radio station um, when times were tough. And then she purchased additional stations. She built out her footprint. And she's expanded her media empire to not just include radio stations, but also television networks and an internet brand. So Urban One. Yeah. That's Kathy Hughes and Alfred Liggins. Shout out to our living Stock legends. Um, opportunities just as a side note we're talking about black folks winning i want to say thank you to the sign institute of policy and politics at the american university for inviting me to be a part of a discussion on 
how corporations can lead in helping small businesses. It was a great look at um, what these corporations can do because as a black business owner, I'm not looking for a hand out, I'm looking for a hand up. And especially now since so many corporations are saying- Hand out, hand up. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want. To, kind of, you never heard that before. I heard it, but it's to me, it sounds like it's about the same thing. It's not. It's like somebody giving you the hand to help pull you up, as opposed to here, here's a dollar. Okay. Like the difference of all teaching right. man a fish and giving him a fish. All right. That kind of don't, thing. Don't get all biblical on me now. Anyway, the 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 point is that with all of these corporations saying that they like black people they support black people they believe in black people the lip service isn't enough and any fortune 500 Action. fortune 50 fortune 5 corporation that's not quite sure how you can invest in black people in black businesses holla at your girl i have a detailed action plan that can help you um I need to see this action plan. I, you know, I got plans for days. I mean, well, yeah. You are a copious note taker. That's my name, Every Mrs. Copious yeah, note taker. She, she got the right last name. All of a <laughs> I see her writing stuff all the time. I just be like, I don't know what she's writing. But whatever it is, I hope it pays off really soon. <laughs> in time, my brother, in time. Listen, I don't got too much more time. Look, my hair is turning gray. It's turning gray. Midnight cocoa bean. Listen. What is this? Um, Bad boys for life. <laughs> Midnight cocoa bean. You're going to have Ordonius with the little brush putting it in my beard like in a movie with yes. Martin Lawrence, right? and Will Smith. <laughs> and Will Smith, There right. you go. Um, but, but for real, corporations who are interested in really supporting black-owned businesses, um, you can start by investing in those businesses by investing in black owned money management firms and buying advertising on black media there's a number of different ways i see that some companies have said oh we're you know we're gonna post in our state our statement um our corporate social responsibility person is going to be a person of color um you also need to look at your hiring trends are you hiring people of color and black people and not just hiring them but allowing them to rise to positions of influence so um one of my friends works for a government agency and say that they're bands of pay different pay bands you work in the schools and whatever they yeah i was a public school teacher for so were there different like pay bands that people made in the schools the teachers it's it's don't please don't get me started okay we're that. not gonna not today it's all about like tenure tenure and seniority it's like it's a cluster so n needless to say my friend works at a government agency and she just started not too long ago with this agency and said that she was one of the highest ranking black people within the agency in a very short time okay um and then, so I, I hope she was making more money than most of the people there she was okay, and but she was also so involved hopefully she was getting her, paid her work she was involved in some very high level discussions about diversity and inclusion within the agency and then the challenge is how do you really advance diversity and inclusion if you don't have diverse people at the table partaking in that discussion I'm, I'm not disagreeing I'm not agreeing you know my philosophy I really don't speak to anything that I really don't know or have an experience but on the topic of you saying like inclusion diversity or black is the flavor of the month and corporations or businesses are making these posting on social or they're saying like we're gonna put a a person of color or minority on our board or we're going to hire more 
some black people on your boards. Listen, all I can say is I've been on a board before, a corporate board. Yeah, but like I'm not just looking for people to just I'm, be I'm, like I'm, 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 I'm on a board. Not as a token head, though. I'm just making moves, I'm making not, a I'm difference. I'm not saying that you were. I'm just saying if you're gonna be about it, do it right. And I can't speak a hundred percent, but I know there's been some talk and there's in the news. Netflix said they're depositing a hundred million of their money in black-owned banks. Do things that are going to have a direct impact. So when I hear Netflix puts, and this is not taking away from anything somebody else has done or what other companies are doing, but when I, when I hear, and I don't know if they've done it, but it's in the news, that Netflix is taking 100 million cash and putting it in black-owned banks. Now, to me, that has a direct impact on improving the economic status of those minority communities. Because I'm willing to bet, and I don't have the data, so I could be wrong, but somebody can fact check it. A Carver Bank or some community bank that's black owned. I'm willing to bet the majority of their depositors are minority. So if they deposit 100 million across 10 different black owned banks, that bank just got a huge influx of capital that they can make home loans to people who come into their branches. They can car loans car loans they can open up more branches maybe not even School open more branches loans. they can improve their electronic because some of those smaller banks they don't have like the apps and all that where you could deposit your check they just don't have as many features as the bigger banks right mm -hmm. so now that bank just gets a huge influx of cash and says holy smokes and i'm willing to bet that Netflix is not going to be hitting that account on a regular basis to do payroll or do some operating. Be like, yeah, you know, we put, you know, we put 75 million in one of these accounts and, you know, we're drawing against it every week. I'm sure some of that money might sit there for a minute. But overwhelmingly, direct impact. Overwhelmingly, what, the, what the, the Department of Treasury and the Fed want is to see those monies moving. I mean, the banks have to maintain certain levels of liquidity, but they also want to see that money moving. So that's moving in a positive direction. It's moving because it, how many more loans can that bank write now? A lot. To, home, to minority people who want to buy homes, who want to start a business to stimulate the economy. Yeah, and let's not talk about businesses right now with this COVID. Okay. You know, I just read that the the mayor has talked to the governor and they're still not going to open up inside space for restaurants but they're really going to push hard to put more outdoor space for restaurants you see they already have a significant outdoor dining presence they've got tables in the street but now they're going to make basically what they're calling a piazza they're going to close arthur avenue and have tables from one end of the street to the other end as well. We can Where are these people going to sit? Where are the urban planners? Is that even safe? I mean, like, I'm not, I, I'm I'm not trying to eat my dinner in the gutter. I see them in the street, and all I'm all I'm concerned about is two things. What is this, Lady in a Tramp? Well, yeah, where they sit on the street, eat the spaghetti off the plate. Uh, but I'm just thinking from a whole health and safety aspect of it. So now I'm sitting in the curb, not on a sidewalk. Right. I'm sitting there. I see places now. They have like five, six, eight, nine tables in the street. And they got the flower pots around it. And it looks all beautified. And then three feet over is a bumper of a car or a truck. So when that truck or car starts up to pull out the spot and I'm sitting there eating my roasted vegetables, I'm going to inhale. Exhaust. Exhaust. From some, some car, because it ain't a Tesla. 
<laughs> it ain't a Tesla, so it ain't like it's running off electric, right? I'm going to breathe the exhaust. So that's one thing. That's health-related. Then the other piece is it's, some of these places are on busy streets. What happens if a car backs up by accident or somebody miss, you know, misses a turn or their judgment is off or there's an accident and then they crash into these people sitting at a table eating in the street? Dinner over, done, dot. Like, I'm just, I'm really wondering where some of the thought and planning and the process is going on with this. And it really makes me wonder a lot about what's really going on behind the scenes with the economics, small businesses... And this pandemic. It's really interesting. But to go back to your original point, yes, having a direct impact and making direct contributions during this whole movement that's going on is a, you know, something for applause. Not just talking about it or putting it on your social. Being about it, doing something, executing and it. And I'm just going to talk about it for a hot second. Execute. For everybody out there, your feeds are looking kind of weak. Protestings are still going. Protesting is still going on. BLM is still going on. Breonna Taylor's killers they have not been charged. So why is your feed back to normal? This is not normal. And listen, July Fourth's coming up. You know, we had this whole Blackout Tuesday and all this. I hope. I hope you use that time. I've seen a few people posting saying we need to have another blackout on July Fourth. I hope you're not rocking red, white, and blue that day. Maybe, you know, put some black in red, your feet. Red, black, and green. There you go. Right. So red, black, and green, 4th of July. We ain't free yet. I also want to give another um, shout out to Dr. Christine Thorpe. Um, she's doing big shout things out. at Keene University. She invited me to participate on her show, uh, Beyond the Facade. And she was talking about what we demand in terms of health and wealth within the black community so it was a great discussion um based on health informatics what's happening in the health space and the data that's available to back it up and what are we asking for but asking is a little too nice at this point we need to really be assertive and go out and claim what it is that we want so thank you dr thorpe for having me on your show um dr centio for centio for giving such great um insight into the data and informatics so for today Copy Cope. I wanted us to talk about the black media revolution. Okay. The black media revolution. Um, Will it be televised? I don't know. In the age of the internet. You better get your cameras out. <laughs> in the age of the internet, you can be multimedia. It doesn't have to be TV. Somebody's going to record it. Um, but now is, an, an, uh, is a sublime time if you are in media to um, control the images of, of black people, black culture, black business, and to create the narrative that we want people to see about us. Absolutely. To that end, I recently watched a webinar that was hosted by CUP, which is the Council of Urban Professionals. Shout out to CUP for hosting a great conversation with media mogul Byron Allen. So I'm going to date myself. I remember Byron Allen from back in the day for the show on NBC Real People. These two
230 girls aren't cheering just because I know Sarah Purcell personally. He's a comedian guy. Have you know, I've been I've been waiting for a long time to get like this, like on like on television, like at one o'clock in the morning, so I could just stand here and go, "Hello, my name is Skip Stevenson. My hair is blonde and my eyes are blue, and you're on drugs." You know. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. I guess I tell you a little about myself first. Uh, People cracking up and then we go and talk to. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk to to everyday people um, about what was going on, but. More recently, Byron Allen has been in the news for two things that really stand out to me. Number one is, did you know that Byron Allen owned the Weather Channel? Oh, 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 yes. Oh, I know this. Byron Allen is gangster. Yes. Yes, this I know. So. This I knew. He's been building a media empire for decades, which has allowed him to buy networks and stations, including the Weather Channel, at what he said was a relative de a steal. Yeah, what did he pay? Like three hundred million? I can't remember. I what don't it was. know. I don't know if he even. I'm said making the that number. number up. Don't even. Uh, he was it. dropping a lot of wisdom bombs on that webinar. So. Go to the Council of Urban Professionals website and see some of the great programming that they're conducting. But take some time to listen to what Byron Allen had to say. Um, one of the other things that stuck out to me about Byron Allen is recently he went to the Supreme Court against Comcast. Um, I, like I heard him say he went to Supreme Court, but I didn't hear who it was for. So he owns several TV stations across the United States. And from what I understand, um, 300 million he paid. 300 million, that's a steal. Cause we all, at some point in time, look at the weather and the weather channel is the go-to source. Anyway, so Byron Allen took Comcast, I think it was, to the Supreme Court and he used a very old statute um, about racism to say that they were trying to hold him and his business down. And first of all, I give him his props for not dropping the case and to keep it going all the way to the Supreme Court. And trust and believe it wouldn't have made it to the Supreme Court unless he had some, it had a lot of validity. So shout out to Byron for representing the people who represent themselves, who put out positive images and who, who feel like the man has his neck on our throats as we're trying to grow our businesses. Um, so watch the video and see what's going on. But it's we don't hear enough stories about people like Byron Allen. You don't. And there's a, there's a lot of other Byron Allens out there. And when I say it, I don't even mean it on a dollar level. Like they got to own $300 million, blah, blah, blah. There's some on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or they own local newspapers like in your neighborhood. And they do like these weekly newspapers like the Amsterdam or like um, shout out to N Our N Times Press and NPA, the um, National Newspaper Association. Right. Or like the, the Daily Challenge. Those are black owned publications like. that tell our stories and um, they reflect a time where we weren't represented well in print media and they still have a presence so don't when you see that little kiosk with the pull out paper and there's some brown faces that might be your local nnpa member and they're doing big things to try to keep our communities going so support um so check out byron allen and and his as i call him his intentional 
mogul hustle because uh, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from him. There you go. What else do you think about the black media revolution? We just got to tell our own story. And now is like the... I don't want to say now is the best time because it sounds so cliche. But with with the advances in technology we have now, we should be doing it more than ever. Mm-hmm. Before you, you tell us... Oh, shoot. What is that place? What place? There's a documentary, and it so escapes me right now, and I want to say it's either North Carolina or South Carolina, where there was a thriving black community and how they used the media. Freak. They talked about this whole political system down there, and that's back when the Republicans represented blacks and Democrats didn't. Do your history. Because people be like, oh, Democrats and Republicans. Democrat for life. Right. You really should look back at history and understand how the political system was and then how it changed. But I, can't, I so can't remember. But it was this, this town in either North Carolina or South Carolina. And there's this documentary. I don't even remember who did it now. This is a shame. I shouldn't even brought it up. But they talked about how they used the local press to paint negative images because too many bl- blacks from this town were getting into political seats. And there was this, this political party called the, um, it begins with an F and I can't remember. But Did it, you want to look it up? I, I, like it doesn't even, I, like there's no need. But they used press to paint these negative images and they brought up the images. And I so sent it. To the whole media team, I DM'd it to everybody. While you're looking for that, I will just say, if you don't think that representation uh, is important, if you don't think that media ownership is important, I'll just ask you this one question. Send it to Hamlet. Why would Jeff Bezos buy the Washington Post if media representation was not important? Marinate on that. He br- wait, he brought Whole Foods. Let, like, marinate on that. First of all, what is Amazon? It's, it's a, a distribution, distribution platform, right? Company platform. Right. They're, they're not owning a bunch of these products that are being sold on their platform. They're m- distributing it, right? And then he went and brought a food company. And he brought a media company. So he's controlling. I'm not saying he's controlling. No, but he's controlling because even in a pandemic, he's yeah. getting richer. I can't say he controls it because I don't know. I can't say he's sitting there telling people to Washington Post what to put in the paper, right? But he has the influence on what goes into your mind and what you put into your body and what comes out of your pocket. <laughs> that is very powerful. He controls two things that you consume. And he can, the third thing he controls is how you get the things you consume. What you consume. Yeah. So, yeah. like, how how are we not... This is the one for Central Park. You should do the history on Central Park, too. Because Central Park wasn't always Central Park. Central Park used to be an enclave where there are lots of Seneca. black people lived. And they decided to displace them. And they they painted in, in media again. They painted the pictures as if it was this rundown shanty place with shacks. And it was really bad. And they was like, we should clean them all out so we can make it a park for people to hang out in, in that part of Manhattan. But we need more parks. Um, we I do. Can't. But do we need new parks where people but are living? But this was back then. You didn't need Like, it was different back then. Do we need parks where people are living? There was a lot of green space back then. Why are you looking for that? I want to say a special shout out to Black it. Enterprise. The Black Enterprise family has always been um, 
inspirational to me and my family. I know that my dad, before he passed away, always said, I want us to be on the BE100. And that's the Black Enterprise list of the 100 um, most successful black businesses. No, we're not there yet. So what's the award you got from them? We got, you want to reach over and get it? The Black Enterprise Family of the Year Award. Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry. Family Business of the Year. Unchecked. Um, But, um, you know, a few months ago... Earl Graves Sr. passed away. He created a tremendous legacy because he believed in telling our stories. He talked about black people in business who were doing well. He was one of the first outlets, or his outlet was one of the first to talk about the success of Beatrice Beatrice Foods and Reginald Lewis, rest his soul, um, who's just a giant among black business people. Um, And you talked about the changing the changing landscape and with media and technology being the way that it is uh, i want to say thank you butch graves for continuing the family legacy for making your dad proud for telling our stories and for managing a wonderful team as well as for leading the transition from print magazine to digital presence as well as uh leadership conferences that empower and equip black professionals and executives to lead our organizations and to grow our businesses. So thank you, Black Enterprise, for just being an amazing family um, business and for setting a foundation to help businesses like ours to continue to grow and um, make an impact in the current business landscape. You still looking? Yeah, I saw I put it in his DM. I didn't scroll through this feed. I'll also say let's have a moment of silence for Johnson Publishing. If you grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you couldn't walk into a black household and not find a copy of Ebony or Jet magazine. Yo, Jets was always in my house when I was like, I'm like Jet Beauty of the Month. Week. Oh, you're right. Because Jet, Jet was, was weekly. weekly. You're right. Jet it was a weekly publication. And they always had, and what was gangster? Forget the whole Beauty of the Week. They always had a section, I think it was near the, the middle or the back. That they always had pictures of black married couples who yes. just got married. Yes. I thought that was like and people celebrating anniversaries. And people and it was the, and then they had older couples celebrating like they were married 50, 60, 75 years. Right. Like imagine what kind of impact that had on people's psyche that you don't see now. You're pup, you're putting out positive images of people getting married and then staying married. Like I mean, that's commerce and chilling in print. Yeah. So the question is now, how do how do we take all these? Pla- I can't find it. I'm so pissed. That's all right. We'll have to put it in the show notes. Check it out, team. Help us. But how do you use media, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, these during this documentary, they use media to get these. Um. Yeah, I don't know who I sent it to. I mean, how I sent it to the team, but I know I sent it because Hamlet said something to me about You might have sent it in stories and the story disappeared. No, nah, I probably... No, I didn't send the stories because the stories you can't... Send, like, what? No. I either DM'd it or I probably slacked it. Um, and I'm not searching Slack because there's a lot in here. But they use the media to, to make these um, black politicians and white politicians who were promoting the economic growth of their community... And getting more of their um, party members into power. So what they did when elections started coming up, they got all the local newspapers to start running these stories and ads and different columns about how the black man 
and the black race is bad. Like they would paint these Im- they would draw the images of like um, really dark skin. They had like big hands looking like claws, and then they would have like images of the Caucasian people looking all scared and running. And then they 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 really targeted saying how the the black male was a threat to the Caucasian woman. So then because they ran all these ads, they were able to get a lot of they were able to win back the majority of the seats. But in one in in the town, all the seats weren't up for election at the same time. So the mayor, who was Caucasian, but he supported the agenda. He was part of the party that supported the African-American community there. They literally all just went down to city hall, a town hall, whatever it was, a mob of them and was like, you need we you need to resign. We want this. And dude was scared. So he was like, I resign. But. The negative press that was put out there by all these publications was counteracted by one printing, a one newspaper that was local. And the gentleman was printing the stories in, the, in his paper saying these things were not true. So we all know what happened to his newspaper. They made threats. He got scared and left town because they were threatening his life. And a mob of people showed up to his newspaper and they burnt the building down to the ground. And to this day, when he did documentary, there's this plot of land there that's like next to a church and so, and there's another building next to it and it's still vacant to this day. And it tells a story and they tell the story of what happened here, how the newspaper burned down because of that history, the racial tension, because the, the African-Americans in that community were self-sufficient financially. So soon as they make progress, something gets done to say, you done went too far. Now we need to reset you to zero or take it back or knock, knock you back down. But the media played a very important role. And that was just then when people were printing newspapers and then they just hand them out or they deliver them to your door. Like this was, I don't know the exact year, but you know, let's say early 1900s. I don't like, I don't remember. Is it the Wilmington insertion? That's it. I think it's the insurrection. And it's a blank plot of land in the, like in this video. It is like, yes, we will put the link and watch it. on fire? Yeah, they burnt his newspaper down and dude, he got away. He ran and got out of town. They didn't kill him, but some people died. But they killed his dreams. It was was almost, it it was similar to um, Greenwood. Is it Greenwood? Greenwood, yes. It's similar to Greenwood in Tulsa. Yes. Where, where is it? Espinosa is in women, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina. I think that's it. And they yeah. and they said they have all the documents in the archives and like they keep some of it under lock and key because they really don't want to talk about that story. I'm like, it's really sad. But I'm like, OK, so if they use the media back then, were you just printing and handing out papers? How can we use the media now? Because we have all this technology. You have photos, you have videos, you have the Internet. You can read. They can only reach people where they could get the papers, too like ride a horse and deliver them or go walk over here and deliver them. You can literally reach people all over the world. Not literally. You can reach people all over the world without even leaving your desk or your bed or your sofa. Right. So the question is, how do we t- like, how do we build and tell the story better? Right. How, how do we do more research on our history, which is a shame because a lot of it, we don't even have access to because of what happened over 400 years. But some of it we know, some of it we don't. But my point is, how do we tell it now? Pick a day and start from there and say, today we start here. 
Well, Byron what? Allen started with the Weather Channel. How does no, the next? He started before the Weather Channel. I mean, but that yeah. was just that was like his, another chapter. That was like a mega move. But mm-hmm. how does somebody else start with the the local weekly newspaper in their neighborhood? Our Times Press, and you know, pro, I think it's, they do Prospect Heights, Bed Stuy, and like another part. I see them in the community all the time, and they give them away for free. You for walk free. in local businesses, three ninety nine, right? So how did how do you do more of that? And get people engaged on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or whatever platform you want to use. Right. YouTube. Right. Um, as we bring this episode to a close, I encourage you to look into NNPA. That's the National Newspaper Association, which has a membership of very diverse, influential, um, historic black newspapers and periodicals across the country learn about some of those uh, institutions because they are institutions and um, you can contact them to go into their archives and find out historical data about them but remember history starts now history starts with you so don't wait don't live in the past but move it forward i also encourage you to look into nabob and that's the national association of black owned broadcasters um which includes many radio um, broadcasters as well as some tv um stevie wonder is a member of nabob and a bunch of other influential people um but when you think that there wasn't always an internet there wasn't always podcasting um there wasn't always vlogging and blogging those those business owners have helped to make the transition from newspaper and they still have an important story to tell. I know that one of my business heroes growing up was Mr. Percy Sutton and he was the chairman of Inner City Broadcasting which had several stations here in New York. Mr. Sutton was a native of Texas. I want to say he was originally from San Antonio. There's some pictures around here with your dad and Percy. Yeah, there's one right there and then uh, to have his um the 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 program from his funeral he was just a giant in my eyes. Um, he was also a Tuskegee Airman. He had a, a tr- phenomenal background Thanks. as a public servant and elected official here in New York City. But he was able to make an impact on so many different levels. And he harnessed the power of media to help increase his impact. He at one point was one of Malcolm X's attorneys. I mean, just goad, just a goad. Just yeah, the goat. I don't, um, I don't so, know what to say. So look into Nabob, look into NMPA, research giants like Percy Sutton. And I'm not trying to throw shade on some of the more popular black-ish or at one point black-owned um, media outlets like your BET or like your Essence Communications because they have a very important role in the images that we see and how we're uh, how we're portrayed um and they also have very interesting business stories so you can like him you can dislike him but bob johnson he's a very astute businessman that made power moves um take cues from his success you might be mad like ah he sold out to viacom Uh, okay like you wouldn't like like come on come on like get your get your money what's the purpose of being in business you build up an empire, you hustle, you do what you got to do, and then you get your money. So. Well, uh, well, you I mean, you can get your money a couple ways, but the Wilmington Massacre of 1898. Espinosa found it. He just texted it to me. And the name of the political party was the Fusionist. So we'll put that the link in there. That sounds gangster. Like, I don't want to go back to that. That sounds gangster. Just look it up. These dudes were, they were kind of gangster from what I got it. read so far. But I mean, like, Listen, you're saying Bob Johnson. I get it. And now Bob Johnson is promoting re- um, reparations. Let's, let's, so it's not like he took his money, he went and hid it, and he's living in some island. He's still trying to help us in spite of us. 
reparations, yeah. Um, I'm just saying. Like, 400 years plus. And it's, not, you know, people, like you mentioned, people say, oh, you know, you, you sold out, you build a business. What is selling out? And that's a whole nother episode. But, like, really, what is selling out? If you build something from nothing and you hustle and you grind, you have sleepless nights, you have hungry days, you have bags under your eyes for days, you are stressed and you get something to a point where you've built tremendous value and someone says to you, I want to pay you this dollar amount for what it's worth and then some. Would you not possibly see that as an opportunity to say, I've reached this level. I'm going to take the proceeds from what I built here and then go on and do the next thing. So people will say some people are sellouts and maybe in their point of view or their perspective, maybe, but maybe not. But you don't, you cannot judge and make that call if you really don't know. When's the last time you heard Warren Buffett call somebody a sellout? I, I, I don't know. Bill Gates. I don't know. Jeff Bezos. I don't know because they're too busy buying people out. Yeah. <laughs> the booze usually come from the cheap seats. I know, but I'm just saying it's always easy to make that perspective from the outside. Like if you haven't built something and put in the work and then you get to a certain point and somebody says, hey, I see tremendous value in that. I'm willing to give you X for it. And you're like, you know what? Give me X plus three and right. it's yours. You just don't know. You don't know what's going on in that person's life at that time. You don't even know what their goal was when they started the business. Maybe they just stumbled into it and just happened. They're like, okay, now is my time. I want to go sit on the beach and spend 18 months with my family. And then I'll get back into the game. Or maybe I'm done. Like, I'm just going to, I'm good. I did my part. Like, it, you just don't know. So it's so easy to say you're a sellout or you're this or you're that. But you don't know until you do it yourself. Right? I read somewhere. Nah, I better not say this. Never mind. I'll say this. We've gone way over the time that we've been allotted today. But I thank you for your patience and for your interest. Because this is a very impactful and powerful topic. The black media revolution. Um, if I had to summarize in a few points, um, use the media to your advantage. You may not own the Weather Channel. You may not own a BET Networks or Essence Communication. But if you have one of these. You, you own your channel. You own IG, your channel. YouTube. Wait, let's not get it twisted because there are some intellectual property things that you don't necessarily own when you put stuff on things like IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, and the like. But you own it, but yeah, but you know, but you can control. They have you access can to control it. to a large extent what images you put into the universe, out into the world. Well, put it on you your own website, them. then you own it. There you go. There you I go. Don't, and just drive people to it from using these other platforms. But at the end of the day, do something and tell the story. And if you're a business person, work with your local press, particularly your local press of color, um, because they're gonna work with you to promote and portray positive images and then lastly as you get more financially self-sufficient um, leverage the overall power of media um, like some of the giants we've discussed today so that you can just knock it out the park and continue to commerce and chill there you go 
So on that note, I'm Jessica Johnson Cope. I'm Waleed. Thank you for your time. Come back, tell a friend, subscribe, rate us, leave us some comments, hit us, hit us up and let us know what you'd like. Subscribers now, click the bell. Let us know what you'd like us to discuss, and um, you know. We'll have some offline conversations Click and mash it up bell. so that we can Click move forward because this bell. is our time to Hit win. Bell. Hit the bell. And with that, we're out. Peace.